Hi, and welcome to another episode of Real Estate with Howard Drukarsh. For those who don't know me, I'm one of the co-founders, along with Arthur Bartram and Ron Petticord, of the largest independent real estate brokerage in Canada with over 5,000 agents. I've also been on the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board of Directors for two terms. I've been on the Real Estate Council of Ontario, RICO Board of Directors, um, which is the regulator for all of the registrants in the province of Ontario. And I sit on the board of directors of the company I co-founded. This is going to be a real estate show, not like most. Uh, our, our approach is different. What we're going to be talking about, we'll be meeting with salespeople, um, brokers, developers, people who do marketing and pre-construction, media people, and just people we think are very good and interesting people. And the whole premise of our podcast is business is hard, real estate is hard, and we're talking to people who found a way to achieve success. And that means they've had to overcome setbacks, rejection, uh, failures, uh, roadblocks, and still move towards their success. Uh, it's never a straight line trajectory. There's ups, there's downs. Uh, but these are people who figured out a way to do it. And for that reason, they're, they're always very interesting guests. Um, my own role in the real estate business is for 20 years, I was a real estate broker. Then when we started this real estate company, uh, as we grew, I became the manager of our different uh, branches. And then after that, I became president and broker of record for some time. Uh, and I was very active in the company um, in the area of recruiting. Um, that's a really important part in the real estate brokerage business, the interviewing, the hiring of people. And over the time that I was active at the company, I interviewed over a thousand people. Um, and I found it interesting because I developed a bit of a skill or an intuition for who I thought would do well. And, uh, and then there were the people who were transferring, which was also very nice to have because these are people who left other brands that were around longer than us to join our brand and, and because they felt they could do better and, and grow better uh, as, as their own business. So, so that's been my background. Um, today, our guest is Riz Danji. Riz is the president of Rad Marketing. Um, I've known Riz for many years. Um, he has a spectacular company that does phenomenal work with many, many of the top um, uh, pre-construction and developments uh, throughout the city. So without further ado, I'd like you to meet Riz. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Howard, for having me on today. Okay, so Riz, I, I, I don't remember exactly how, but I always find it interesting. How did we first meet? Do you remember? Uh, I'm, you know what? I actually, I'm going to go back. I think it was when I launched Aura. Okay. And I had an event for Right at Home Realty. Um, and I had contacted you to say, you got to come in and see this new construction project that we're going to do. It's going to be the tallest building in Canada. Yeah. And, um, you brought a lot of agents there and you introduced yourself to me and it was, uh, it was been a great friendship ever since. So, uh, this is going back at least before 2000, maybe 2007. Was this, Can was this Candorel? That was with Candorel, yes. Yeah. Okay. So I do remember that. Yeah. And that, that was, you know, 2007. So it's like uh, 13, 14 years ago. Yeah. And we, yeah, it's been a while. we both haven't aged a bit. I mean, that's exactly. <laughs> I've got no gray hair. <laughs> nor, nor mine. Mine's all white. So, <laughs> so let me ask this. Uh, you know, most people, the influences in their life are family and how they grew up. You want to tell us a bit about your own background, um, how you grew up and, you know, things about you. 
Yeah, I come from a very entrepreneurial family. I, um, I was born in East Africa, but I moved to Vancouver when I was two. Um, a lot of my family, my father had a bicycle business. Uh, my mother used to work there. Uh, my brothers uh, started in um, a photo electronic shop. And then one of my brothers branched out into real estate. And when I was growing up, it was a very difficult, different time because I was, you know, young and, and working in the uh, various businesses that my brothers had or my dad has. So I grew up with this strong work ethic and, you know, strong family bond um, with my family as well. So uh, that propelled me to go to University of British Columbia. I graduated from Urbaland Economics there. And then I saw the future of real estate, not in Canada, but in um, Asia. So I decided that I wanted to go to the Beijing Language Institute. This is going back to probably 1994 um, when I when I went there. So uh, and I decided to plot myself there and started to learn Mandarin. Hmm. At that time, you know, China was not very developed. There was not many foreigners that were there. Uh, so it was a very difficult year that I spent there, uh, but a very fulfilling year because I got to learn Mandarin. Uh, and I ended up getting a, getting a job in, in Hong Kong with a big um, international sales consultancy, selling Canadian product into Hong Kong at the, at the height of the boom. And I did that for a number of years, was very successful. And then in 1997, the market really tanked there. So I came back to uh, Canada and uh, ended up coming to Toronto and starting my career in real estate again. Hmm. And, and what would be, uh, in, in I guess, in the growth of your career, uh, career uh, the biggest influences for you? Some of the strongest influences, you know, my brother is in real estate. He's been very successful at what he does. Um, he's got a very um, amazing marketing mind. I really learned a lot from him and, and his work ethic and his growth of his company. Uh, I've also had the uh, privilege of working with a lot of great developers, entrepreneurs along the way that have been uh, mentors to me. Uh, I've learned a lot from them. Um, and obviously, you know, my family have been a big influence on me on keeping me grounded in what, in what I do. Uh, especially my mom and uh you know it's been uh it's it's like, there's a lot of people that I would say that have contributed to my career and uh I just thank them all for helping me out one of the things that uh you know all all entrepreneurs um have to deal with is risk um because if you're in any way risk averse you're not going to be an entrepreneur and that is that that also translates for salespeople because salespeople aren't being paid unless they're productive so how, how did you handle the sense of risk when you decided to become entrepreneurial? You know, when I took the risk of starting my own uh, sales and marketing company focused on free construction, um, it was a big leap because I'd worked for a big company in, in real estate uh, for a number of years and, and throughout my career. Uh, I just felt that there was something that was missing in Toronto to elevate the level of uh, sales and marketing expertise for developers. And also to, because I'd worked for a developer for so long, I looked at sales companies that were trying to um, sell a same method that they were doing for the past 20 to 25 years. And I felt that our 
our our company could be unique with using technology and our sales skills and our marketing skills to differentiate all the developers that we work with from the marketplace. And so when I took that risk, uh, I got to tell you, it was hard, um, but I got my first client uh, in 2018, uh, which happened to be the most iconic project in Toronto's history uh, and the most expensive, uh, which was King Toronto um, by West Bank and Allied. Uh, it was a huge challenge for us to a new team, uh, all of us getting together, trying to navigate, you know, this project that was designed by Bjork Engels. And I took a lot of risks along the way, but I just have this mindset that I just don't look into negativity. I just never have have this failure mentality or this mentality that, you know what, maybe I'm doing this wrong or second guess myself. I go with my gut a lot. And I have a very strong mindset about success. And so um, that's propelled me to do really well in what I, we've done for Rad so far. What a spectacular project that one is. Um, I was invited to, uh, when they set up the, I forget what they called that. Turpentine Pavilion. The Turpentine Pavilion. You can't, uh, pictures don't do it justice. So you, you had to be there. And you did a great promotion bringing in, you know, top, top realtors, um, at least, you know, what I could tell across the city, uh, to just see this and begin to understand the scope of what uh, uh, West Bank was uh, uh, and Bjarg were going to do. And you had them there as guests so they could answer questions. Um, and uh, it was, uh, in my opinion, like the, the most remarkable project that the city has ever seen. And uh, to your credit, sometimes in real estate, uh, when you have something special, you, you know... Um, certainly in residential real estate, if you have a special house, it may take you longer to find someone because they're looking for the special house. Most people aren't. Uh, and sometimes you can just hit it right away. Someone wants a special house, they see yours and they take it. Uh, that project between that and the Lord Thompson, um, you had a Lord Thompson meeting I attended. Uh, it was all done so professionally. Um, and that would have been a big risk because that was a unique project that there, there was no place to look in Toronto and say, oh, yeah, it's just like that one, right? So, uh, I mean, I applaud you and your team for doing such a great job. Yeah, thank you, Howard. I mean, just, just to, you know, at the time, you know, King Street West was approximately 800 to 850 a foot, and we were coming out more than double that um, in a project like this. Uh, you, you could get cheaper in Yorkville, you could get cheaper in probably the most expensive neighborhoods in, in, in Toronto. Uh, so our thinking had to be, we're not selling a typical condominium. We're selling a piece of art um, and an iconic piece of real estate that you would own that you cannot replicate anymore in the city of Toronto because you just can't get 600 feet of frontage, first of all, on King Street West, and you can't have a Bjark Engels designing a building um, you know, all the time because his fees are just so high and he's so wanted around the world. So we had to really shift the way the thinking of marketing uh, and sales had to be. There was also 400 different floor plans in a project <laughs> like this, and there's 420 units. And, so, and didn't Bjork also, I mean, talk about uh, details. Didn't he also go as far as to design the handles on cupboards? And like, he wasn't just the architect for the outside. Didn't he get very involved in the project inside as well? Yeah, so all the interiors were done by Bjark Engels himself. 
um, mm-hmm. with his team. Yeah. So if you look at the flooring on the the hardwood flooring, it's got the same pattern of the elevation of the exterior of the building. The vanities he designed, the light that actually goes into your bathroom or in your um, uh, kitchen area was designed with him and uh, Archimedi out of uh, Italy. Uh, you know, there was a special furniture package to put together specifically designed with uh, B&B Italia. So he was involved. It's it's called a, a an enticing a work of art. So it's you know it's all encompassing, and that's what you know Bjarke and what West Bank is about. And so uh, it was it was a really new phenomenon in Toronto. And I just feel that Torontonians sometimes feel that our city doesn't deserve the best of architecture, or the best of design, because we've we've been used to mediocrity for a long time. And my hope was not only to sell this project, but that it would change the narrative in Toronto about great architecture and great design and that our city can be like London. It can be like New York. It can be like um, Hong Kong. uh, And we can have great buildings that really set us apart and people from around the world will come here and say, wow, like I want to go to Toronto because they have so many great hotels, restaurants and, and, and great architecture that, uh, that I want to be, be a part of. And I think that this project has started a little bit of an evolution. No doubt. Um, I mean, as I said, it was remarkable to be invited to see what was there. And uh, I guess that from, you know, being an entrepreneur, I can just imagine when you signed on to take it, <laughs> what you were thinking. I mean, yeah, I, did, I didn't sleep for a long time. Right? <laughs> but that's the excitement of being an entrepreneur. So in, in that part of in your life, what, what are the like, how would you rate the importance of hard work, persistence and luck? Uh, I think hard work is um, it's probably eighty to eighty five percent of what um, what it takes to be successful. Um, maybe eighty percent, and I think that there's uh, probably fifteen percent that's persistence on there. Uh, and I would say you know maybe five percent that's luck mm-hmm. that you get out there. I just don't believe that luck is what. Some people think that they should be lucky. Um, they buy lottery tickets every week. They believe that the same number that they have, which is great. But for me, I've never felt that I've been a lucky individual whatsoever. I felt that I just, I have to create things to make, be successful. So the only way I could do that was work really hard. Um, and I'm not afraid of hard work. I can work 16 to 18 hours, seven days a week if I have to. It just it's never been work for me. It's just, I love what I do. Uh, and, um, you know, sometimes my team thinks I'm crazy that I work so much. Um, but I, I've got a balance between my family and, and everyone else. And uh, my wife's used to me working really hard. And so is my daughter. And so, uh, but I, lo- I love what I do. And I think uh, every entrepreneur needs to really focus on what they're not to get deterred from hard work or, or being persistent because it's critical to your success. Well, you know, the, you, you said it. The expression is absolutely true. If you love what you do, it's not work. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, right. I, I don't. I never feel like I wake up every morning like, oh my god, I got to check my emails or I got to make this phone call to somebody. I just feel like I'm just so passionate about what I do that I, I love every single minute of it. I mean, I, I'm sure that's what comes across when you meet with developers and people that you know you want to provide them the the uh, the skill set that uh, rad marketing has is that you're 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 totally in you're yeah. totally in for what you do how yeah. 
How important has loyalty been in your career? Oh, I can't tell you how important loyalty is. Um, I have a few key people at Rad Marketing um, that have worked for me for, you know, some up to 15 years, some, you know, before on my career and some, you know, over the past number of years. Um, and it's just, it's, it's great to be able to see my team grow, uh, loyal to the company versus, you know, you know, looking at other opportunities. Um, they're very passionate about what they do. Uh, they, they believe in where the company is going. They believe in the vision that we have of how we're going to change sales and marketing. And it's just, uh, an amazing feeling. I think it's a better feeling for me than, you know, signing, you know, a bunch of contracts. Uh, it's more of a great feeling to see how my team, uh, executes and delivers great results for all our clients. And it's, it's really special to see. I understand when you build a company, the excitement, once you, once you know you're so first excitement is you'll survive. <laughs> Nothing beats that excitement. Then watching people grow within the company is, is equally exciting. Watching them, you know, with support get better and better. And obviously, you know, you, you wouldn't have people loyal if they didn't feel that from you. So, um, I mean, I'm, you know, a big fan of what your company's done, obviously. Um, even though you've been really successful, uh, have you ever, or have you ever thought, uh, I have regrets about this? Do you have many regrets about things? Oh, I have lots of regrets. I, I could, we could probably be here for hours. Okay. Um, all right. The, you know, the, the thing is, is that in business, a lot of it is, a lot of it I feel is gut. Um, sometimes you make decisions that you felt were right, um, which turned out to be wrong. Um, you second guess yourself. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. In my younger career, this is before I started Rad, I, uh, I launched a project, uh, like a new section of, of, um, of a building. And we had someone like 4,000 agents interested in, in these units. And it was, uh, I thought we were going to blow it out in about an hour. Um, we had, uh, stanchions all the way outside, you know, everything at the sales office. I had hired like 30 people to make sure that, you know, we can handle all these contracts. Uh, we opened the door at 6 PM and I got a phone call from my marketing person because I was, uh, in a different location and she told me that there's nobody in line. Oh my. There's not a single person. And I sweat. And so I, I drove down to the sales office and I watched that there was literally nobody there. And I went through my mind, like, did I execute right? Did I get everything out? Did we do all this stuff right? And I just couldn't figure it out. I, I just could not figure it. And it was, it was a really tough time for me, but you know, I, I got up the next day and I said, you know what? I messed up. I can't, I can't go back in the past. Let's just figure out what we're going to do going forward. And we ended up selling it, you know, maybe in three weeks versus the one day that we thought we would, but you know, there's, there's always regrets that you have in business. Um, but if you have, if you, if you worry about your regrets, you'll never progress forward. So I just, I let it go. You know, I'm a, I'm a totally big believer in gut. I mean, I tell my kids, my kids are making decisions. The one's 27, one's 31. So they're making life type decisions. And I tell them, you know, you'll hear lots of opinions from other people, but really 
make the decision based on your gut. If you, you know, if it's a mistake, you live with it. But on the other hand, it's your decision. So, you know, I, I, I really believe that. The other yeah. thing about, about success, uh, and I've used this line before, but you have to be adaptable, right, in, in life. Uh, and this comes from Mike Tyson. I probably use this too many times. But Mike Tyson has a line that goes like this. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And the truth is you, you had uh, a project where nobody showed up, but you found a way to make it work, being adaptable, right? And so that's the other thing about being entrepreneurial. You, you must be adaptable or you'll never survive. Yeah, 100% agree. I think, I think our, and, and especially in real estate right now, um, you know, technology is changing, you know, the way we do business, you know, um, there's these new brokerages that are coming out that are low cost. There's, you know, so many headwinds in our business that, you know, you as a, as a real estate salesperson or as a business owner that deals in real estate really need to improve your game all the time to make sure that you stay ahead of, of everything else. Um, otherwise, you just go the way of the dinosaurs. So I, I fully agree with you on that. If, if you were to give advice to uh, people interested in working in your industry, people want to get into pre-construction, how would that advice be different now than, say, maybe five years ago? So are you talking about people who want to be in sales in this business? In the or sale. are you talking about people who want to open uh, pre-construction sales and marketing? Uh, people who want to work in uh, a business like yours, people who want to get into your business. Yeah, people to get into my business. I think that you know it's completely changed from five to ten years ago. Um, there was not as many firms that were there um, at the time. Uh, you know, five to ten years ago, the uh, there weren't as many condominiums that were as this tall that we see in 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 Toronto. So, you know, the average project I was doing was probably 300 units, which would be considered a super tall building. You know, now I'm doing units up to 1,000 units in one tower, right? Wow. And and maybe they have, you know, four to five towers in there, right? So, and also at the time when I was selling, it was probably, a high, you know, $200 a foot on Bay Street, where today, you know, Bay Street's almost $2,000 a foot. So, you know, it's 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 a really different animal on... Uh, trying to be very good at your sales and marketing expertise to be able to launch buildings of that kind of caliber and make it a success because the risk to the developer today has never been higher with construction costs and development charges. And we're looking at a new thing where it's, um, you know, inclusionary zoning, which is going to add to the cost. So, you know, you really have to be very well experienced and good at your game to be I would say almost perfect uh, to be successful in it. Otherwise, I just don't recommend people going into it. It's so it's a very hard game to to, to do. And I think I think you're right. The the you know things like uh, you, you a developer, as you know, takes I don't know how many years in advance to get, before a shovel goes into the ground. They're planning years ahead, so they're projecting you know land costs, labor costs, uh, you know all of the different expenses, and then all of a sudden something called a pandemic comes along, which stalls their sales. Like you, you, you just have to figure out how to get around it, right? I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, a great, it's a great business because it's exciting, right? I mean, I think if, if, if you were to kind of define what do you like about this, it's an exciting business, right? Like you said, you meet, you meet really incredibly 
interesting people. Uh, there's there's always a demand for real estate, and uh, you know there's competition, but man, there's competition in everything. So um, yeah, and I, I think the other thing that I, I I love and enjoy is that you know what I do is actually changing the landscape of of Toronto or every other city I work in. Right? Mm -hmm. Where else can you go and say, you know, you buy a widget, you know, tomorrow the widget changes. I put up a building, it's there forever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, you know, for me, it's really important that the design, the architecture, the branding, everything comes together because, you know, I want my name to be associated with these great projects that I've been working on. Make sure the developer gets that next level. Um, so he feels proud of the buildings that he's building. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really exciting uh, uh, to be able to be part of that. Uh, you know, it's it's been a great interview. I, I, there's one question I'd love to ask because when I was first asked it, 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 it struck me as that's one of the best questions I've ever had. So here it is. What would you tell your 20-year-old self, Riz? Oh, that's a really good question. That's, that's what I thought when I heard it. I would tell my 20-year-old self that um, do not be cocky and think that you're great because you're not. Um, do not think that things are going to come to you because uh, they won't. Uh, do not think that you can coast along and work not as hard as you think you need to work and be really successful. And do not think people are not going to reject you because you're going to get more rejection than you will get acceptance. So those are probably the, the most important things that I would say to my 20-year-old self. Uh, I don't think my 20-year-old self would listen to me, but um, I'm hoping that that person would because it's uh, what I've learned over the past you know, 48 years uh, that I've been around. It's uh, it's a real game changer, and it's really different. Um, it's really hard work. It's very hard work, um, and real estate's a hard work. I don't think I don't think people really understand how hard real estate is. I, I, I meet I meet people all the time that are investment bankers or We've got MBAs and they come to me and they say, I want to start working in real estate. And I said, you know, why, why? Like, well, you know, my, 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 the agent next door to me is making uh, like a ton of money. I said, did you know the agent next door puts their heart and soul into this and work probably 30, 20, 15 to 20 hours a day. And they're building a brand and they're building a business. And they've probably been doing it for 10 years and been rejected and they've lost offers and they've lost clients. You don't see that part. And so I think, uh, I think it's not, uh, the easiest building project, I mean, industry to be in, but it's the best industry to be in, I can tell you. There's nothing like it. And on that note, because that really sums up, I think, uh, you know, what we both feel. Um, I loved being in the business when I was, uh, you know, involved with the brokerage. Um, I love doing the podcast because I get a chance to talk to you. We'd never, when would we ever have time like this? Uh, never, <laughs> never. Never. So this was great. So, Riz, thank you. Um, of course, wish you continued success, and uh, we'll stay in touch. Thanks so much, Howard, and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Okay, thanks a lot, buddy. Yeah. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for joining us, and I want to thank Riz Danji of Rad Marketing for being our guest today. We hope you enjoyed the podcast, and if you did, please like, subscribe, and comment. You can reach us on the net at rewithhd.com. That's rewithhd.com. Or you can email us at info at rewithhd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Any comments or any suggestions? 
this is a wrap for the show. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. And please take care of yourselves. Be kind. We'll see you next time. Thanks. <laughs>